welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. If you could please open to 1 John chapter 2, picking up in verse 18. So 1 John 2.18, title of our message here this morning is Truth. I heard a story, just actually read a story recently about a, a minister that he wanted to teach on the sin of lying. And he told his congregation next week, you know, that's the subject we're going to talk about, the sin of lying. And he says, I want everyone to read ahead and read Mark 17. So the following week came and the congregation were there and uh, the minister got up and he says, I want to see a show of hands. Who read Mark 17? And all the congregation lifted their hands. And he says, well, there's only 16 chapters in the book of Mark. He says, now I want to teach on the sin of lying. (laughs) Truth is important. As believers, if we want to be victorious in our walk with the Lord, if we want victory over sin, we need to realize that God is a God of truth and that the very word of God is truth. And if we apply the word of God in our lives, we'll have victory, we'll have maturity, we'll grow in the things of God. But if we don't apply the truth of the word of God, we won't have victory. God's word is truth. John 17, 17 says the word is truth. God's word is truth. And again, so truth is very important. So we're going to look at that subject. And I'm going to ask if we can one more time. I know you're, you're probably settled in, but can we stand as we read? Uh, I'm just going to read these few verses. 1 John 2, verses 18 to 23. This is the Apostle John writing. He says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even so, many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been with us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus Christ is, excuse me, that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we just pray over our text here. We pray that you would give us application for our lives, Lord, that we might hear what you're saying today. So bless our text in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Now keep in mind uh, the Apostle John that's writing this at the time. He's in his 90s, probably his mid-90s maybe even close to 100 years old as he's writing. And he starts off in verse 18, he calls them little children again. And I guess if you're in your 90s, you can call just about everybody a little child, right? (laughs) But I believe what he's saying here, he's talking to the young Christians, little children. The the word uh, means young child or toddlers. And I I believe spiritually speaking, he's talking to the, the young believers, the new believers that are in the body. And in our text, he's warning them of false teachers. And often 
false teachers. They'll, they'll prey on young believers or even unbelievers. And they'll, they'll try to deceive them. And they'll try to teach them things that are not true. They'll, they'll try to keep them away from the word of God. Or they'll even take the word of God and they'll, they'll twist the word of God. And we need to beware. And even as mature Christians, you know, we need to be, beware of those that are fe- teaching false doctrine, false teachers of our day. Often these false teachers, they don't talk about sin. Did you ever notice that? They don't talk about hell. They don't talk about repentance. They don't, they don't talk about the forgiveness of sin and the cross of Jesus Christ. They usually don't talk about the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away our sin. They avoid talking about sin. And that's dangerous. And for the most part, it's a, it's a feel-good gospel. It's like, you know, oh, everyone is love, and we're just love, and they're just to be love of the world, and, it's, and then that's all there is, is this love. No, we're sinners saved by grace. We're to walk in love, but we're sinners saved by grace. We've been changed, but we're supposed to lead people to Christ. And the message is always supposed to be a Christ-centered message. It's all about Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so often the, the false teachers, they focus on self and us and me and, and this is we and what we are doing. But it's the best way is to focus on the one who died for us at the cross of Calvary. It's him. All of sin and falls short of the glory of God. There's not one good. No, not one. None of us are good. We're all sinners, but we all need the cross. And you see, the false teachers, when they keep teaching about, and it's all focused on self and we and all this other stuff, it's, the problem is, is we're going to fail because we're not the Christ. There's only one Jesus Christ, and he's the only sinless man that ever walked the earth. So the warning goes out against false teachers. The warning goes out a bit against those that don't center on Christ. And teaching of the Bible should always be centered on Christ. The, you know, the overall center should be Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, if you recall, in John 5, 39, he says, you search the scriptures and you think you have eternal life. He says, but these are them that, which testify of me. The scriptures testify of Jesus. So the warning goes out. John's warning them. And if you can look back, I'll put it up on the board. Verse 18. He says, little children, it's the last hour. Do you realize he wrote this over like 1,900 years ago? If it was the last hour back, back then, I think we're in the last seconds. And he says, you've heard that the Antichrist is coming. We looked at this person in uh, the book of Revelation and this, this world leader that's going to lead a, a world rebellion against God and against Christ, the Antichrist. So we won't spend much time with that. And even so, many Antichrists have come. Uh, the word anti means against Christ, so against Christ. So many people today, I believe, are against Christ. Even in this nation, I believe we have such a divided nation like I've never seen before. Many people are against Christ, against Jesus Christ. I've done many memorial services over the years. It's interesting, when I do memorial services, I always share the Bible, I always share the gospel of Jesus, I always, you know, talk, you know, give a gospel message. And I can tell typically by looking into the audience who the ones are in the audience that are anti-Christ. Because when I start talking about Jesus Christ, him crucified, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to me except for the... And I could just see. Some people are just... I mean, literally, I've, had, I've done memorial services where I have groups of people just walk out when I talk about Jesus Christ. And I mean, literally just go like this and start yelling at me and start walking out like, I don't want to hear that garbage. Keep your, your truth to yourself. 
That's your truth. That's not my truth. No, it is truth. I did one memorial service. The, the gentleman, he was a born-again Christian that died, and he requested that I would do his service, but his wife wasn't a Christian. And she sat in the front, and as I was giving the gospel, she literally was going like this. <laughs> she, she's like, <laughs> she's like, time's up. Stop. Cut. Cut. And I was like, I was like Jesus loves you. <laughs> Many antichrists, those that are against Christ, those that hate Christ, those that lead you away, but the real deceptive ones that are the ones that use scripture, but they take it out of context and they're deceivers. Beware. Don't be, you know, I've heard people say, well, but they're teaching out of the Bible. And I was like, but yeah, but are you listening to what they're teaching? Are they, are they interpreting Scripture with Scripture? Are they taking Scripture to interpret the Scripture? Because if they're not taking Scripture to interpret Scripture, they're taking a Scripture out of context and making it say whatever they want it to say to suit their doctrine that they stand on, that they keep repeating over and over and over and over and over again. It's a pet doctrine. It's not the balanced Word of God. Many antichrists, they're against Christ. Noticed... They weren't passive. They joined the church in verse 19. They went out from us. They were part of the church, but they went out from us. Why? Because they weren't of us. For if they had been with us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest. They were exposed. That none of them were of us. I believe John's saying, I don't want to think we endorse them because they were with us. Now that they're not with us anymore, please don't think that they're still with us because they're not with us for a reason. There's a purpose they're not with us anymore. They've been made manifest. They've been exposed that it's not true. Look at verse 20 again. I love this. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. Don't you like just the sound of that? (laughs) And you know all things. You have an anointing from the Holy One. An anointing uh, in the King James, it says an unction. It, It speaks of the Holy Spirit. True believers, all true believers have the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of them, that, that guides us and teaches us. And it's, it's, you know, even, I'd like to even go further. The word know means to know intuitively. So you know intuitively by the Holy Spirit. It's not by studying. It's not because you, you know, you've figured it out through, through, uh, through studying, but there's, Something that the Holy Spirit is showing you that it's just wrong. And you need to allow the Holy Spirit to show you that. You know what I believe what happens too often is people, what they do is they change their lifestyle. And their lifestyle might become a sinful, a Christian, it becomes a sinful lifestyle. And then guilt comes and they feel guilty for what they're doing. So because of the guilt, they don't want to deal with the sin. So what they do is they try to find teachers that will tickle their ears and they'll tell them things that they want to hear. So then they don't have to follow those, that guilt. And they don't have to be convicted of the, it's the sin that they're living. And it's like, oh, let's listen to them because it's all feel good and all sounds great and all sounds wonderful and it's all love, love, love. This is all good. I love this. But you have the unction of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. You have an anointing from God. In the Old Testament, they would take the, 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 the high priest or even the king and they would, the, the, when they would anoint the king, they would take an oil and they'd pour the oil over his head. And that oil represent the Holy Spirit. And as it dripped down into his beard and it dripped down to his garment, it was a visual saying that he is totally immersed in God's spirit. He was anointed. He was the anointed king. Or he was the anointed priest of God. 
And something took place when that happened, that, that when, when things would take place in the kingdom, the king, the king would say, no, that's not right. He had an unction. He had the Holy Spirit. He realized what truth was because the Holy Spirit lived in him and the power of the Holy Spirit was so powerful in his life that when deception came, he knew that it was wrong. He was like, no, I don't want that in my kingdom. It's not true. Remember Solomon when they brought the baby and they, remember he said, bring me a sword. Let's cut this child in half. Remember? Wisdom from God. He was the anointed king. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the the unction of the Spirit living inside of you. And I would suggest go with that when the Holy Spirit prompts you when things are wrong. There's many times I look back in my past, there's people that come into my life and it's like right away the Holy Spirit says, this is wrong. And I know it's wrong and the Holy Spirit shows me, but then I'll maybe confront the person, I'll talk with that person and they'll they'll talk about this and talk about that. And it's like, then it's confusing. It's like, well, wait a second. All right, well, that sounds right. That sounds good. But we have the Holy Spirit. I remember one time being in a church, a large church, and the, the, the exact thing happened to me. The Holy Spirit just showed me instantly, something's wrong, something's wrong about this person. And I was like, what is going on? He's in leadership. Something's not right here. And then I talked to the guy, and I'm like, wow, this is a really nice guy. <laughs> I'm just being critical. I'm just being judgmental. I better be, watch myself. I better watch what I'm doing. And I, and I was just like, no, this, you know, i got to watch. You know, I'm sorry. I'm being critical. Well, find out this young man, this guy, this wasn't a young man, older man, he got arrested for being a pedophile. He was, he was molesting children. It doesn't mean we go around being critical, but it's good to be in tune with the leading of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is in us to know what's right and wrong, when there's false teaching, when there's false doctrine, that we'll know that the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. It has to line up with other scripture. Did you notice that? No lie is of the truth. And sometimes what we'll do is say, oh, that, well, maybe they're just a little confused. There's just a, and it's a little lie. But no, no lie is of the truth. Another verse that goes great with this is John 16, 13. John 16, 13. However, when he, capital H, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, excuse me, on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He, the Holy Spirit. Did you notice the spirit of truth as we talk about truth? The Holy Spirit of truth lives in you as a believer. I don't know if this is happening to you, but as I'm watching what's going on in our nation and the division and and the deception that's taking place in our country, I look at him like, why don't they see this? Why don't they figure this out? Are they, uh, this is so deceptive. Why don't they get this? Does that happen to you? Is it just me? And it's like, are they taking, you know, are they deceptive pills or something? Or they get up in the morning and say, let's take a deceptive pill. And then they, oh, that, oh, that's so, oh, I believe that lie. And I believe that deception. No, there's one who's the deceiver. His name is Satan. It doesn't mean Satan himself is deceiving everyone because Satan is not omnipresent. But he has his demonic realm and there's a deception and the world is, is, is persuaded by his deception. And they fall for the lie because they don't accept the truth. Verse 21 again. I just want to look at that again. It says, no lie is of the truth. As believers, it's important that we tell the truth, that we stay in the truth. It's important that we stay in the word of God, that we can discern what's right and what's wrong. 
I heard a story of a young couple. They got married. And the man's wife, she went on a trip to Europe. And so as soon as she arrived, she called her husband. And she asked her husband different questions. And she asked about her cat. And the husband just said, you know, the cat's dead. And she was like, honey, that's just so insensitive. And that's, you know, why are you being so honest? You should tell me you should have been more sensitive. And he says, oh, honey, I'm sorry. She said, you know, like the first time I'd call, you might say that, you know, the cat, you know, was on the roof, and then we got the cat off the roof, and next time I called, you might say that, you know, that we had to take the cat to the, the, the veterinarian. Next time, you know, say, well, she's still not feeling good, and then by the time I get home, then you could have broke the news to me, and he says, you know, honey, I'm sorry, I'm not used to that protocol, and I'm not, that's just, you know, it's, I'm very blunt, and I'm, please forgive me, I'll do better, you know, in the future, and she says, yeah, no problem, honey. She says, by the way, how's mom? And he stopped, and he's like, oh, she, she's on the roof. <laughs> we're to be people of truth but we're to speak the truth in love right proverbs 12 22 says lying lips are an abomination to the lord but those who deal truthfully are his delight don't you love that When we act truthfully, when we tell the truth, even though it hurts, if we tell the truth, even though it's uncomfortable, if we tell the truth, even though it makes us look bad, who delights in that? It's his delight. He delights in that. He loves that. He loves when we are people of truth. I just recently read a poll, a Barna poll, that said 71% of American people say that there's no such thing as absolute truth. And then you say, well, what about the Christian? Well, the same poll, they surveyed evangelical born-again Christians who go to church regularly, who pray regularly, who believe in Jesus Christ, 40% responded the same, that they believe there's no absolute truth. There is absolute truth. Jesus himself is truth. God's word is true. We can trust the word of God. You might have heard that old fable that six blind men, they, the six blind men, they go to, you know, are led to an elephant, and one took hold of the elephant's tail, and he declared that, well, this is, this is a rope. And then another blind man was, you know, brought to the elephant, and he felt his, the great side of the elephant. He says, oh, this is a wall. And another one felt the ear of the elephant. He says, oh, this is a fan. And the other one took hold of the tusk of the elephant. He says, oh, this is a spear. And somehow they use this story to say that, you know, no one can have a corner on truth because, you know, it's relative and all this other crazy stuff. There's no absolute truth. Well, the problem with that story is they're all blind. And there should be someone in the midst that, you know, can see and say, well, I'm sorry, but you can't see the whole picture here. But it's an elephant. You just felt part of the elephant. I believe the same thing with, with us. We, we have an anointing from God. We have the Holy Spirit. And because we have a, the Holy Spirit, our eyes are open to truth. And it doesn't mean we debate with people of the world that don't believe the same thing we believe. But I, I believe many times it's a waste to, to start debating back and forth of, you know, well, this is what's true. And then I believe the best way to do it is, is to just introduce them to Jesus Christ and allow them to become born of the Holy Spirit because once they have the anointing, once they have the Holy Spirit living in them, and guess what? The light gets turned on and they can see the truth. Let's look at the last verse, verse 22. 
Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. A trademark of the cults, of a cult, is the total distortion of the real Jesus, who Jesus is. The word Christ in here is Christos in Greek. It, it means the, the anointed one or the Messiah. But then we're even when it goes on to say he is Antichrist who denies the Father, but whoever denies the Son. If you, if you deny who the Son of God is, Jesus is, you don't have the Father either. It's, your, your religion is all, you know, it, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's important about who we say Jesus is. And the Bible that, you know, teaches who Jesus is. He is God in the flesh, Emmanuel, Isaiah 7, 14. He's mighty God, Isaiah 9, 6. But these different religions, they, they deny the true person of Jesus Christ, who he is. And you might think, you know, like you talk about the Mormons, and they're, you know, they're good people, they're moral people, they're nice people, but guess what? They don't believe the same Jesus, and they're duped. Many of them are just duped. They believe that Jesus is the brother of Lucifer. They also believe that Jesus was conceived by a physical union between God the Father and Mary. That's a different Jesus. They also believe that no man or woman in the world will ever enter heaven without consenting with their, with their founder, Joseph Smith. He's the so-called gatekeeper of heaven. That's a different Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses believe in a different Jesus. They believe Jesus is Michael the Archangel in human form. They don't believe in the Trinity. They believe the Trinity was invented by Satan. They believe that the Holy Spirit is just a force and not part of the Trinity. That's a different Jesus. The Muslims, they don't believe the same Jesus. They believe that Jesus is a good prophet, right? That's not the same Jesus. So according to our text, if they deny that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ... They're antichrist if they deny the Father and the Son, and whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. So they, they deny the teaching of the Bible of who Jesus is. They don't have the Father. They won't go to heaven. And we need to let them know that in love. Also, the Muslims, uh, many of them believe that Jesus uh, will be returning with their, is, their Islamic Messiah, the 12th Imam, and, and that Jesus is only his helper. He's going to come with the 12th Imam, and he's just the helper. It's a different Jesus. When Jesus went into the temple, in John 10, the Jews surrounded him and said, tell us plainly, are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? And he started explaining to them that he was the Christ and who he was. And then he says, I and my, I and my father are one. And when he did that, it says that the Jews took up stones. They were going to stone him. And then Jesus, do you remember the story? Jesus says, you know, I've done many good works and, you know, that I've shown you. He says, which one of these good works do you stone me for? Remember what he said? I'm going to put it up here on the, the board. The Jews answered and said to him, for, you, for a good work, we do not stone you. But he says, but for blasphemy. Why? And because you, being a man, make yourself God. They understood what he was saying. Jesus was saying that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm Emmanuel. I'm God in the flesh. I'm the Son of God. We would like to invite you here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor to our Christmas performances of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. We have six performances, the first one on December 11th, December 12th, December 14th, December 15th, 
December 17th, all beginning at 7 p.m. This year, we have added another performance in matinee at 3 p.m. on Sunday, December 17th. Please join us as we begin the holiday season with the beloved tale, the ghostly tale of Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. And God bless us, everyone. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.